is Unexpected with Hannah Love. In this podcast, you will gain a new perspective of how God loves you enough to call you to things that you couldn't have imagined for yourself. Have you ever had something really painful in your past you don't like to think about? Or maybe it's feelings of regret, shame, or guilt. Or maybe it's just a person or a situation that you would like to forget about. But whatever it was, it was such a profound moment, you felt the only way to escape it was by running. Whether that be physically, like moving cities or states, or simply by removing yourself from a certain place or group of people, you just kind of ran away from it. I'll be honest, I've done both. If there's anything God has shown me in the last few years, it's that I'm really good at running and disassociating. And just maybe, if you're listening today, you can relate too. So today's topic is one that will take us back to the beginning of the Bible. In an attempt to read the Bible in chronological order this year, I have found myself back in Genesis and I've come across a story that made me think of how applicable it is to each of us today. This is part of the story of Esau and Jacob. Now, I realize we don't have all day, so I'm going to give my best cliff notes here to set the scene before we begin reading. In Genesis, obviously, we learn about Abraham and his lineage. At this point in the book, Abraham has died, and the story transitions to Abraham and Sarah's son, Isaac. Well, actually, it's less about his son, Isaac, and more about his grandkids. So let's start here. Isaac and his wife, Rebecca, ended up having twins. But even while they were still in the womb, the two brothers wrestled. When a pregnant Rebecca inquired of God about it, he told her that she had two nations in her womb and that from the onset, the two sons would be rivals. Of course, this bears out to be true and not only did the younger brother Jacob trick his older brother Esau out of his birthright, but he also ended up stealing his blessing. Now, if you're very familiar with the Bible at all, you will know that it is customary for the firstborn son to receive the blessing of the father. Well, Jacob pretends to be Esau, and at this point, their father Isaac is old and blind. So Jacob comes in pretending to be Esau, the older son, and he receives the full blessing that was intended for his brother. Now, when Esau returns and discovers what had happened, He was furious. In fact, he is so mad that he says he's going to kill Jacob. Their mom overhears this and encourages Jacob to then run away and go live with her brother, Laban, in another region. I'm skipping a lot of details here, but for the sake of time, just keep following. Jacob leaves to go to his uncle Laban's home far away. And after arriving, he ended up working for his uncle and marrying his two daughters, Leah and Rachel. This is a whole story for another time. (laughs) But time goes by, and eventually Jacob worked for Laban for at least 20 years, and he has 11 children in this time frame. At this point, God tells him it's time to return to his father's land. 
So he packs everyone up, he loads the camels, he rounds up the livestock, and he begins to caravan home. The only thing is, he has been gone a long time, like 20 years. And I can't imagine the thoughts and emotions swirling around in his mind. I'm certain that he missed his parents and that he missed his homeland and all the things that he was familiar with. Honestly, he probably even missed his brother. And yet, there was so much uncertainty about going home. After all, he did steal Esau's birthright and blessing. He also fled from him because he was angry enough to murder him. Now, this is purely speculative, but I can't help but wonder if there was some guilt or shame that Jacob had been living with all this time. Guilt at having taken advantage of his aged father? Shame for having stolen his brother's future? And then, the fruit of all of this contention, fear. The unknown. We can't know exactly what Jacob was feeling, but we can assume that he knew what he had to do to move forward. He had to face it. Whatever that looked like, God called him back. It was time to face the thing he had been running from all those long years. It's here where I will begin reading scripture. Remember, Jacob is leaving his uncle's region to return to his homeland, the land of his father. Beginning in Genesis 32, verses 3 through 32. Jacob sent messengers ahead to his brother Esau, who was living in the land of Seir, the country of Adam. He instructed them, Give this message from me to my master Esau. I am your servant. I have lived with our uncle Laban all these years and have acquired sheep, cattle, donkeys, and both male and female servants. I send this message to you, my master, in the hope of finding favor in your eyes. When the messengers returned to Jacob, they informed him, We gave your brother Esau your message, and he himself is coming here to meet you. In fact, he's on his way now with 400 men. Gripped with fear to the point of panic, Jacob split all the people who were with him into two camps, and also the flocks, herds, and camels. He said to himself, If Esau attacks the first camp and destroys them, at least the other camp will escape. Then Jacob prayed, Yahweh, God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, you said to me, return to your country and your family and I will make you prosper. I'm so unworthy of all the loving kindness and faithfulness that you have showered upon me, your servant. When I crossed this river Jordan years ago, all I had to my name was a staff in my hand and now I have increased to become two camps. Save me. I pray from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid that he will come and kill all of us, including the women and children. You said to me, I will certainly prosper you and make your offspring as innumerable as the sand of the sea. So he spent the night there. From what he had with him, Jacob sent a gift to his brother Esau, 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 female camels and their calves, 40 cows and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. He placed them in the care of his servants, each herd by itself. He told them, go on ahead of me and put some space between each herd. He gave these instructions to the one in the lead. When my brother Esau meets you and asks, who is your master? Where are you going? Who owns these herds you are driving? 
Then you are to say, They belong to your servant Jacob. He sent them as a gift to you, my lord Esau, and he is coming behind us. He likewise instructed the leaders of the second and third herds and all those that followed them. You must say the same thing when you meet Esau. And be sure to say, Your servant Jacob is coming behind us. Because he reasoned, If I can appease Esau with these gifts before I have to meet him face to face, he may accept me. So he sent the gifts on ahead of him. So he sent the gifts on ahead of him while he spent the night in the camp. During the night, Jacob arose, woke up his two wives, his two maidservants, and eleven sons, and had them cross the ford of the Jabbok River. He sent them across along with everything he had, and Jacob was left all alone. Suddenly, out of nowhere, a man appeared and wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he was not winning the match, he struck Jacob's hip and knocked it out of joint, leaving it wrenched as he continued wrestling with him. Eventually, the man said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob refused, No, not until you bless me. What is your name? asked the man. Jacob, he replied. Not anymore, the man said to him. Your new name is Israel, for you have struggled both with God and with people and have overcome. Jacob said, Please, tell me your name. Why ask my name? the man replied. Then he spoke a blessing over Jacob. So Jacob named the place Penuel, saying, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun rose upon him as he crossed the Jabbok River from Penuel, limping because of his hip. To this day, the Israelites do not eat the thigh muscle attached to the hip socket because the man struck Jacob's hip socket at the thigh muscle. We'll continue on in Genesis 33, 1 through 11. Then Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and his two servant wives. He put the servant wives and their children at the front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph last. Then Jacob went ahead. As he approached his brother, he bowed to the ground seven times before him. Then Esau ran to meet him and embraced him, threw his arms around his neck and kissed him. And they both wept. Then Esau looked at the women and children and asked, Who are these people with you? These are the children God has graciously given to me, your servant, Jacob replied. Then the servant wives came forward with their children and bowed before him. Next came Leah with her children, and they bowed before him. Finally, Joseph and Rachel came forward and bowed before him. And what were all the flocks and herds I met as I came? Esau asked. Jacob replied, They are a gift, my lord, to ensure your friendship. My brother, I have plenty, Esau answered. Keep what you have for yourself. But Jacob insisted, No, if I have found favor with you, please accept this gift from me. And what a relief to see your friendly smile. It is like seeing the face of God. Please take this gift I have brought you. For God has been very gracious to me. I have more than enough. And because Jacob insisted, Esau finally accepted the gift. Thank you for sticking with it, guys. I know that was a lot of scripture reading, but how good is that? Here are the takeaways that I get from this story. As a broken people living in a broken world, we mess up. We make mistakes. Regardless of the size and scope of the pain, We all carry something, and many of us even run. But here's the truth. God will call us back to the point of pain, 
fear, or shame to face it. See, God loves us so much that He will call us back to the very thing that almost broke us. He calls you back, not to hurt you, but to heal you. We must face it in order to walk fully into what God has for our future. It takes courage, discipline, and obedience. But do you know what the reward is? It is healing and freedom. We must face it to receive what is on the other side. The future God has for you, your inheritance, your peace, your healing, and your freedom. Listen, I know I'm talking to somebody today. I don't know how long your journey has been. Maybe you're even like Jacob who ran for 20 years. I don't know, and I don't know who or what you're running from, but I do know that God is asking you to face it. He is waiting to take your hand and walk with you, just like Jacob. And it doesn't have to be a graceful thing. It just needs to be done. See, just like us, Jacob was a human. In his story, you can see how his reaction is just all over the place. First, he panics. He panics at the thought of facing his brother. And then he prays. He literally repeats back to God what he promised him. He acknowledges that God sent him back. He even reminds God that he promised him a future. This was the right thing to do. We should do the same. But then what does he do? He takes it back into his own hands and he starts planning what he can do. He hedges his bets by sending herd after herd of livestock as gifts in the hope of softening his brother's heart, as if he didn't just take the matter to God. But such is our nature. This is where the final showdown happens. Jacob wrestles with God. And in the wrestling, he held on for a blessing. He held on because he knew God was in it. And if God was in it, his word was in it too. His word for a future. When the wrestling was over, Jacob was given a new name. Makes me think about us, about how sometimes when we face a thing, we waffle back and forth, hedge our bets, wrestle with God, and come out the other side. We are new. We are changed. We may walk with a limp, but we will never forget the path that brought us back, back into the fullness and the freedom that God called us to all along. If that is you today, sweet friend, I pray you will have the courage this year to face it. It's okay to feel all the things. It's okay to panic, to pray, <laughs> to plan, and even to wrestle, just as long as you face it. And remember, God wouldn't call you to it if He wouldn't see you through it. Not just to see you through it, but to see you healed and restored. Just as Jacob was returned to his homeland and restored back to his promised inheritance, there's an inheritance for you just on the other side. I love you guys, and I'm praying over your week and asking that God will touch the one who needed this reminder today. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode has encouraged you, please feel free to share the show with your family and friends. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and my hope is that this show is a candle in the dark. <laughs>